Hey guys, this is Kim Crandall. This is the fourth episode of Dropping Keys Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, we have with us today our amazing producer of the show, Jeff Block. Say hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Sorry, that was too easy. That was way too easy. Say hey, Jeff. <laughs> hey. And we've got Chad West, the newly married, uh, newlywed Chad West, who looks That's really right. tired. He's really tired today from a partying all weekend. No, I'm super tired. Now I got to change my name. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> so, so you're you're uh, so are you doing this from your honeymoon then, Chad? No, no, we're not doing the honeymoon until this summer, but. Uh, um... Because I was going to say, that's commitment to <laughs> us, <laughs> ah, not your wife. I should have said, yes, I'm, I'm right now. <laughs> yeah. And and we've got Lauren Larkin. Hello. Unmuted Lauren Larkin. Woo-woo. Unmuted. <laughs> Lauren's drawing us pictures. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. And then there's the... Uh, <laughs> There's the, oh, Lordy, she's 40, Jessica Thompson. <laughs> hey, everybody. Just celebrated her 40th birthday and joined the club. Yeah, very, very exciting times. Yeah. Either and past so or ahead. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so our, our podcast today is pretty much going to be all about Jessica. And she's as it should be it's because everything is all about Jessica. So she's pretty excited about that. Yeah. Is it because yeah. she got her hair did? It's because she got her hair. <laughs> Look, it's a big deal, you guys. I washed my hair today, and so everybody's shocked as they see me on the Google Hangout that my hair's actually done. I wash my hair occasionally. If you have hair, <laughs> you understand. Lauren, Lauren gets it, right, Lauren? I get it. Yeah. So you wash your hair like once a week if you have curly hair. <laughs> And apparently, if you have a beard, you don't ever wash it, according to that, Jeff. But not just, according to that's Dad. just Jeff's thing. I, I didn't say. I didn't say I never wash it. That's no, what that you said what you exactly. Said. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Verbatim, like, that's what you said. Okay, maybe I better rethink my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff just lets the shampoo from his head like yeah. go down and soak in, and hopes that that gets him clean. Okay, hey, here's something. Here's some random information that you probably won't be surprised that I know. But in fact, the best way to wash your hair is to just wash the scalp and let the soap run down the rest of you. That's because you have curly hair, Lauren. <laughs> you don't have to scrub the just up here that gets greasy. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. You guys are just rocking my world. <laughs> the hair advice podcast. Do you want to know how I wash my hair? <laughs> Double wash every time. Two really? shampoos, Ooh. one conditioner. You leave it on for five minutes while you shave your legs. Get out, blow dry your hair, then straighten it. <laughs> this is why I don't leave the house. <laughs> so wait, I'm writing this down. When do I shave my legs? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was Chad, everybody. That was Chad. And I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to move on to our tweets of the week. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is never good. 
I'm just going to go ahead and start with mine because I have the mic. Um, <laughs> and I have three, and I don't care what you guys say about that because I'm the boss. Uh, Jeff didn't like it that I changed my Twitter profile from dropping keys making – what's the word? Matriarch to dropping keys member. He thought that sounded like a store clerk. <laughs> Is that what you said? It's like J.C. Penny store clerk. <laughs> That's what I think of. That's my favorite place to shop. <laughs> totally kidding. All right. Well, I've been really into the guys at Village Church Vinings. Uh, their their Twitter handle is at the Church Vinings. Um, it's Kurt Benham and Jonathan Adams, and they co-pastor a church out in Atlanta, I believe. Um, and they are Anglican. Yes. Um, and I listened to a lot of their sermons, and so I was kind of stuck on them this week. Um, but one of them tweeted, oh, actually, this is a quote from Matt Redman, so, but I got it from Village Church. They said, the gospel in the mouth of a content, unknown preacher is a singularly powerful thing. Um, and I liked that. I liked it because I think that there's such a trend right now. Pastors feel like they have to be known, they have to have a platform, they have to write books, they have to travel the speaking circuit. <clears throat> and um, I, I really appreciate those pastors of the smaller churches who are just faithfully serving their flock. And um, not that I'm not saying that it's not good for pastors to be on Twitter and be, you know, sharing in that way. But I just, I just really appreciate the ones that are just doing the hard work of just being servants to their flocks and um, not trying to build a name for themselves because there's a lot, a lot of ugliness out there in the whole celebrity pastor thing going on. <clears throat> and that kind of leads into my uh, other tweet, which uh, Josh Harris tweeted, and he's his Twitter handle is at Harris Josh. Um, and this is another quote um, and his quote was from Nikki Gumbel and he said leader leader is mentioned only six times in the Bible that's the King James version servant is mentioned over 900 times wow. and uh, I think there's there's a lot of emphasis on this whole lead, being a leader and the leadership stuff and um, you know and going back to that last tweet I think um, it's that same thing of just appreciating the pastors who are just out there serving their flocks. Um, yeah. So what do you guys think of that? Are you? Yeah. We, like, have a, we have a church of like 60, 70 people. And I'm so grateful that, I mean, our pastor was a church of a past, uh, was a pastor of a church that had over, over 500 people and ended up when, by the time he left, there was a, triple that. So I am so grateful that he is willing just to stick with us and pastor a small group and not have to, not have to have thousands of people sitting underneath him. And there's, yeah, I'm grateful for that. So grateful. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love your church, Jess. I just, one, one time over the summer, <laughs> I was just going through a really hard time. I wanted to be anonymous and I, I just really needed to hear what Jesse had to say. Yeah. So I drove down to 
church you were doing nursery so I couldn't sit by you so it was so uncomfortable because it's so small for me like but I knew people there but I didn't I didn't want to talk to anyone I just wanted to slip out the back and yeah I ended up leaving early because I knew that someone would catch me but yeah you guys have such a it's an amazing church and just such a tight-knit family and you guys yeah. do community so well and I I think in part because your pastor you know he's you know, not that the pastor has to be, everyone needs to be like the pastor, but he models what he's preaching. And that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that about him. Yeah. And he's not distracted, you know, that he's putting himself yeah. into that. Yeah. I think that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a struggle for me um, who wants to make a name for himself. I mean, who doesn't in a way, but. Uh, I really appreciate my own pastor who is rarely in his office, which I think is a good sign that he's out um, serving. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at a church with a lot of old people, um, a lot of people that can't make it to church. And so he goes and visits them. And um, I just, I kind of see that as a, as a, as a good model. Um, and I probably spend too much time in my office. I should probably be out, but <laughs> mm. um, it's the reality though, you know, trying to, trying to preach the gospel through Twitter is something I try to do, but then it could be too consuming at the same time. And it's like, is this about the gospel or is it about you? And so I appreciate that, that tweet, Ken, a lot. I think if I were a pastor, I think I would lock myself in my office all day. Like <laughs> I, would, I would much rather prepare the sermon than I would go visit sick people or do counsel people. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that that's, uh, that's a, a real temptation. And there's also, you know, there's other personalities and God is going to use different pastors in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's very sad that, that there's kind of a pressure. I think that um, pastors feel because, because so many other pastors are out there writing books and, and leaving their home church and going and speaking other places. Um, and that's what I, I appreciate about our pastors is that they're, they're always here. Like I, I know they're always available for us and um, they're committed to us. Mm-hmm. So Chad, is Chad still here? I am still here. Oh, it's not your face on it. It's just a lovely picture of you and your friends up on the screen. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know why it's doing that. Uh, all right. And then I'm going to throw out my last one. And this is my bad tweet. I wanted to do a couple of good ones. This is a really bad one. Um, <laughs> I want to know what you guys thought about this. I'm not going to say who it's from because I'm not into doing that. But uh, he says, God's glory, not man's redemption, was the ultimate motivation and purpose of the cross. Go, this Lauren. This made me really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with the hashtag, hashtag sermon notes, which made me even more sad because there was more to this that was said. So explain to us, Lauren the theology behind that and why that's such a horrible tweet. <laughs> and sh- is she muted? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm muted. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, the thing about it is that both parts aren't wrong. It's just when you overemphasize one part over the other. Yeah. Because man's redemption does bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. It's very new perspective yeah. to me. It sounds very new perspective in the sense that, um, I read a book recently that was sent to me and I had to write a review for it. And I found that there was this emphasis on like, the Bible's not about me. 
which I agree with. Yes, it's about God. It's about what God has done. But in God's doing, that's intimately involving me. So it, it is about me as well. Like it says something about me. It says that I'm a sinner and it says that I need Jesus. And it says that, you know, that by faith I can be reconciled with God and then I can have Christ's righteousness. And how many more statements do I have to put the I in before I, before we realize that it is about us. It's not solely about us, but it's God's activity towards us. Theology mm -hmm. is about God's activity towards us. That's what it talks about. You know, it's God for you. Um, so both parts, God's glory and humankind's redemption intimately tied. Well, Jesus's whole function on earth is to satisfy the law's requirements to die a death that we deserved and to be raised to give us life that we don't deserve. And that brings glory to God. So I don't know if you can bifurcate it like that. Well, I, I'd like to know what he went on to say after that. Like, because when I read it, I think, okay, uh, it basically speaks to me that the only reason for the cross was so that God could prove um, himself to us. If that makes sense. So that, that that God can prove that we are all sinners and that, you know, um, and there, there's just no compassion in that. No, that that's not the, the God that I know. Right. right. That's, that's what, yeah, that's a good pushback to that. I, I feel like we were kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's just that I don't understand anything that you say. But Lauren used the word bifurcate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the same thing. I'm just, I'm yeah, just trying to bring it down a level here. God's glory is manifested in the fact that, well, of course. that, that, yeah. that, that we're redeemed. Like the redemption of humankind brings God glory. So how can you say that it's mostly about God's glory and not about, uh, chiefly about God's glory and not about the redemption of humankind. And it's like, well, the two are synonymous. Right. Yeah. Good. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, Chad, what do you have for us as far as uh... Tweet of the week? Yeah. Tweet of the week. Uh, actually, my uh, Tweet of the week is from uh, Mockingbird, which is at Mockingbird NYC. Uh, their post that was, uh, I think uh, Lauren reposted this too. It's called James, an Epistle of Straw. Uh, not so fast. And it was uh, kind of exploring all the different ideas that we associate with James, whether he was speaking against uh, Paul and his theology or whether they were kind of saying the same thing. And it, it just had some interesting things to say about uh, that whole argument. So it was so a blog? You... Yeah, yeah, it was a blog post from Mockingbird, yeah. Written by my friend Todd Brewer. Todd Brewer. Recent, recent doctor of the church. Dr. Brewer, that's like such a character name right there. The Reverend Dr. Brewer. <laughs> oh, Reverend Dr. Brewer. I take him very seriously. <laughs> you should, you should. Very <laughs> it, was, it, it was to back up chad it was a fantastic post i've never had a problem with james i've never been able to articulate it well why i don't have a problem with james and todd yeah. blew it out of the water like he really um synthesized uh an argument that he'd read in a book very well and applied it and brought it down to layman's terms and i just thought it was really well done and i was like oh yeah 
We don't have to hate James. <laughs> what was the name of the article again? It was, um, let me pull it up again. Uh, James, an epistle of straw, question mark, question mark. Ah. Okay. I'll have to look that up and figure out if I can understand it. <laughs> I, when Lauren says it's in layman's terms, does that mean like mockingbird layman's terms? Or like exactly. okay. You all have my number. Just call. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll retweet it so you can find it more easily. Good. Retweet. Why don't we put it, we'll put it on the Dropping Keys Twitter website, I mean, account as well, so yeah. that our listeners know what you're talking about, too. All right, what do you got for us? Who are you talking to? Jeff. Oh, I didn't hear oh, that. sorry. <laughs> Jeff Ree. <laughs> That's my name. Um, I have a one that came through t yesterday, I think. Um, I'm kind of having a little bit of a uh, man crush on Byron Yawn. <laughs> I openly admit Don't that. Don't use that word again, please. <laughs> want to make you uncomfortable, Kim. Oh, my uncomfortable. gosh. Oh, geez. <laughs> You're over it. Okay, moving on. Uh, I picked up Byron's book. Uh, it's highly recommended called Suburbianity. And... Uh, I got it actually through the terraces, uh, Sarah in Dallas and lent me a copy. And so I've been reading it, but he, he tweeted something a couple of days ago that we've actually shared on here before. Uh, I think Chad did by Robert Capon. Uh, <laughs> it was the one that had to do with the shame, guilt and blame rolling off, uh, the yeah. tombstone like rain. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Right. So I'm going to just share my little, brief conversation with him i just replied kind of wittily wittingly whatever i was trying to be witty i'm not, I'm not very witty <laughs> you, you thought you were being witty yeah. <laughs> many people don't stumble over the word witty by the way <laughs> <laughs> oh geez yes so i replied with the with i just said this word picture kills me mm. uh and he said he replied back and said ditto he died my death the law executed its sentence against me in him. I go visit my gravesite every now and then. Romans wow. 7, 6. And wow. Romans 7, 6 is now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Nice. But the way he just said that, he goes and visits his gravesite every now and then. That was just another word picture that just killed me. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. I like that. Um, and Byron Yawn is B-Y-R-O-N-Y-A-W-N. That's his Twitter handle, since we're giving those out. <laughs> that's an unfortunate name, because it just sounds like you're boring. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're a pastor. That's exactly. <laughs> That's like oh, Dr. Payne. Yeah, I was Dr. just going to say. Dr. I'm sure he's never heard anything like that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauren, what do you got for us? I do have stuff. I did <laughs> solicit. I did solicit today because let's all face it. It's tweet of the day. 
Yeah, and it was about an hour ago after I emailed everybody and said, make sure you have a tweet. Yeah. So well, like, but I did. I don't have anything. It turns out I do favorite mm. things as the week goes on. I just forget that I favorite them. So I went to my favorites and I thought, well, I'll just look here because there's some good stuff. So I do have a couple. One is by um, tweeted by and written by Dominic, which is at at a defeated victor. That's his Twitter handle. Um, I actually really do appreciate his thoughts. He's very he's a deep thinker. He's a good thinker, and he sort of has his heart out there, and I really appreciate that. Um, and he writes, "You read my words, and you say there goes a great brother. If you read my life, you'd say there goes a forgiven sinner." Yeah, oh, wow. I just thought that was that imagery was really powerful because it's true. Like if you, you know, it's it's just like even those of us who are trying desperately to like put ourselves out on the on paper as honest as we can. Kim, you were even expressing this to me during the week. Like it doesn't matter how open and honest you are about your life in your the first chapter of all your books. Like it's people still look at you like you got it all together. Like how mm -hmm. did you become a unmessy beloved mess um and yeah. i just think that that's like we still have this life and um we try desperately to share that life um in our words but in our you know daily interactions too that we're we don't have it all together that you know we're forgiven and so i just really like really appreciated the way he phrased that that's yeah no any comments i feel I, like we yeah. no okay I, I just i want to um take that and just, I don't even want to retweet it. I just want to put it as my own tweet so that people <laughs> think I'm smart. Yeah, it's a good one. That's the spirit behind it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, I, I almost think that there's a, um, for me, I feel like very frustrated sometimes because I'm trying to prove to people that I am not who they think I am. Like, yeah. it's impossible, though. It really is. Um, just the way that we set people up in our heads and in our brains, we just assume that everybody is different than they really are. Um, and and I, I kind of feel like I spend a lot of effort saying, no, but you don't understand. I'm not like that. Like, well, I know, just, you suck. I know you suck, Kim. Know. So does that help? <laughs> you know, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, that brings me so much validation. <laughs> I still, I still here's the thing. With my life, like, I spent so many years uh, pretending to be someone that I wasn't. Yeah that it kills me to be in any kind of situation where I can't be who I really am. Yeah. And so that's why I really struggle with social situations of, you know, even going to, we had a church function thing last night, just being out of the element of worship and church and just, you know, hanging out with people. Like it made me really uneasy because um, I don't know. I, it, I just want to be who I really am, and yeah. I'm a sinner. <laughs>
we want to look at something and say, yeah, I can, I can get there. Um, and, and we don't want to look at Christ and we fail to look at Christ because we know we can't get there. Hmm. So it, it strips us when we're, we're looking at Christ to be our savior. But when we look to each other and, um, inevitably we'll fail each other, but there's, there's some sort of self-salvation in looking to another person, I think. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I look at you, Kim, and I think, okay, well, I can at least do that. I think, I mean, but I look at Christ and I think I cannot do that. And it just strips me. So we all want to prop each other up to say, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. Um, so we're yeah. all looking for false saviors all the time when uh, the, the truth of the gospel, the reality of our lives is that we will fail each other and that we can't live up to that. And there was only one perfect one. There is only one savior. Mm. That's yeah. so good, Jess. See, that's why she's the relationship guru. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she wrote a book on relationships and I wrote one on being a mess. <laughs> Listen, guys, She's let me actually give you... talking about me all through her book. <laughs> no, 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 listen. If you, if you ever want to have difficulty in relationships, just go ahead and write a book on it. Yeah. 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 And oh, then you're pretty much decimated. Yeah. That happened. I, I wrote a post on something with my when my son, my oldest son was like five or six, and it went wildfire, and one day I was like a couple days later, I was just yelling at him and my <laughs> husband looked at me and he was like, Oh, well, there you go. You're really living out that post now. It's so well, true. Yeah. It is true. Anytime I speak on motherhood, I am just a wretched mom before I leave. And when I come home, <laughs> and I think God just wants to put me in a weak place of yeah. being like, you don't, you do not have this. And that's, that's how the second I signed the contract for the book I'm writing right now, I'm being a mess. I have been nothing but a mess this entire year. And I think God was showing me that I wasn't going to write from about brokenness, but to write from a place of brokenness. Yeah, right, so, yeah. right. Yeah, go for it. Um, I had debated about a couple, um, but I'm going to go with this one because I, I like it and I think it's actually a good discussion point, uh, but it's, it is coming in from Susan Adams, which is at Susan underscore Adams, um, and I'm supposed to give a shout out back to Dominic again, um, but she writes, when my critics shoot arrows, I'm like, and there's a sad face, uh, and then I hope someday I can be like with a muscly arm, bring it. And, <laughs> I love that because I feel the same way. I'm very, I get very nervous when arrows are shot at me and um, I don't like it. And I typically just stick my head in the ground and just wait for things to pass. And I don't have the gumption um, to kind of take up and take up arms, I guess, um, and kind of fight back. And so I related to it. And I really like that tweet. But at the same time, I want to say that there's maybe no need for the change. Maybe it takes both the strong armed and the tender hearted to propel this message forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we need yeah. people who protect it and defend it. And they're really good. They're called apologists and evangelists typically, and often half and half preachers. Um, but then there's the other half of us that we, I, I post on like Mockingbird and Liberate and even dropping keys and like walk away for the day. Like I cannot look at my computer. I don't look at comments. I don't do anything. I just walk away because I can't handle it. <laughs> so it takes both types, I think, to kind of 
move this forward. Um, those of us that are putting our hearts out there, we ding dong post and run. And there's those that swoop in and come in and defend. And so maybe it's both. Maybe it doesn't have to be one transitioning into the other. Maybe we can just be who we are. Yeah, I think that's good. Chad, are you a, um, do you post and run away and no, try I'm, to ignore I'm, it? Or do you, no, are I'm, you like I'm obsessively, on? yeah, I'm obsessively checking. Yeah, I, I need validation for my life <laughs> to exist. <laughs> I don't know how anyone can post and then just forget about it. Oh, I am like, yeah. head in the ground, boom. Oh, you know what? And I, I'm not a confrontational person at all. Like I avoid confrontation so much. But when I post something, I almost want somebody to disagree yes. with me. Yes. <laughs> you know, I just I really not because I want to rail back at them, but then I'm like, oh yeah. Like, it just, I don't know, that's my validation. <laughs> I, typically, I typically won't check a post, because uh, I primarily post fresh on Liberate and Mockingbird. I typically won't check a post on Liberate, um, but the only time I'll check on Mockingbird is if David Zoll chats me and says, your post is doing really well. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now I yeah. can go and look. But, <laughs> well, I, and I'm fine with the, the, uh, it's like what happened with my post over Christmas about the elf on the shelf. It's the people who just get on there and shred you. That yeah. is like, they're not even worth talking to. Like, I want to have some back and forth with people that disagree with me. But those kind of people, it's like, I'm not even going to read your comment and give you the time of day. <laughs> what about you? Oh, go, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go. Jess, go ahead. the relationship expert, what do you, uh, what do you, how do you suggest how do you look at this tweet? The whole, do, do I post and run or do I post and stay? Is that the question? I probably post and stay. I yeah. want, uh, and I mean, I don't, I don't mind confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't mind it at all. Uh, I think it's good. I, I like to be stretched. I like people to point out where my thinking is wrong. Um, so, yeah, and I also love to hear how awesome I am. Like, that, I think. <laughs> you know, it's I'm, the most interesting thing to write something and put it out there and to have no response whatsoever. Like, we're just going, yeah! <laughs> does anybody love me? I remember a couple weeks ago I posted something on Twitter and just there was just no response for a really long time. And I started thinking, was that like, theologically bad what did i just say did people not get that and i texted lauren I'm like lauren was it okay what i said how not that i wanted everyone to like it but i just needed to know like even if just yeah. one person acknowledged that i wrote that then maybe i i, I don't know wasn't a heretic i don't know <laughs> Oh, sorry, you're a little slow today. Are you doing okay? Uh, yeah, I, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I had to leave because I I purchased a new uh, modem and it doesn't seem to be working. So. Oh no. Uh, it's okay. I think I think everything continued on without me. But I uh, I go through days where I'll delete Twitter after I post something just so I don't mm -hmm. look at the responses. 
or really? seek. Yeah, I'll literally just delete the entire thing off <laughs> the whole app off my phone. Yeah. And I know Kim and I have talked about that a few times. I do it daily, about five times a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's a wrestle to 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 deal with the thinking you're clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a tweet that I've or uh, something that I read a while ago about don't don't try to be clever, just be clear. Mm. And uh, I have tried to think about that a lot when I'm crafting tweets. Is don't be mm. clever because sometimes I do think, oh, this is a clever thing to say in 140 characters. But I'd rather you know who wrote be, that? Who Somebody wrote that? not clever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. But I guess to answer the question, I, I typically do stay and yeah. uh, hope to engage. And so I've been trying to get better at that, actually. When someone replies to something to, of mine, I try to reply back pretty right away. Um, that's just something I'm working on. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I tweet to be clever. I don't think I'm, like, worried that I wasn't clever with my tweet or my post or something. I worried that I was stupid. <laughs> like, that it was just... <laughs> Because I don't think much before I tweet, which probably is not a good thing. But um, I, I, and then also what I struggle with is once you erase it on your phone, like it still shows up in everybody's newsfeed. <laughs> so I'll, I erase tweets all the time and then people comment on them later and I'm like, oh shoot, everybody saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, let's move on. Oh, Jessica has not done her tweet of the week yet. We totally got sidetracked. Jessica, Jess. Um, and I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what we were doing. My tweet of the week comes from Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I seriously can't find it, but I I wrote it down, (laughs) so I'm going to go there instead. (laughs) So pathetic. Okay, it's from the Brothers Karamazov. I don't know how to say that right. By Dostoevsky. Chadra, <laughs> resident um, fake accent person. How would you say it? <laughs> it's Dostoevsky. Yes. There it is. I knew wow. someone smart could come up with it. Okay, here's what it is. Love a man even in his sin, for that is the semblance of divine love and is the highest love on earth. Um, okay, so like I said, if you want to have trouble in your relationships, uh, just go ahead and write a book on it. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if you've read Paul Miller's book called A Loving Life. If you mm-hmm. haven't, you should. Um, that's I'm probably reading a, that right now. Oh, my gosh. That's probably a better relationships book. So if we're going to sell one, we should sell that one. <laughs> he talks about that. Um, how loving is loving someone is a death always so uh, the world tells you that love is life I mean we hear that constantly that's the message and and I think we tell ourselves that but the truth is what the gospel is 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 love was a death Uh, the way that love was displayed was death the way that we love each other is loving people in their sin the way that we can have relationship is to love people in their sin because that is what's happened to us. We've been loved out of death and into life. Uh, So um, for me, that tweet has been, that tweet has kind of been the theme of, gosh, the last, well, since I finished the book, really. (laughs) Um, 
it has just been this death uh, for me, this, okay, I will love in the middle of um, because of what Christ has done for me. That's so easy to write about. Oh, that's easy to write. Um, it is painful to live. Mm. So, um, and, and knowing that, that that's not just, oh, I'm so amazing. I love people in their sin, but that's what everybody has to do. So anybody that's in relationship with me has to be doing the same thing. They have to be loving me in my sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's painful to know that you cause that kind of pain to people. Uh, so, yeah, that was my tweet of the week. And that's kind of the theme of my book, which is, again, easy to write. And it's completely different to live out. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let's go ahead. We have some questions to ask Jess about her book. Um, none of us have it in our hand. Um, so I do. This, Lauren does? No, she doesn't. It was imaginary. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm so gullible. <laughs> you guys should all get it in the mail any day today. Okay. Okay. I've been seeing stuff on Twitter and I'm like, where's my copy? Um, I did. I just did. Got a, bleh, I just got a copy of um, Barnabas Piper's new book yesterday. He sent me the PDF and I feel pretty special. You should. Um, because it's on doubt, and I was like, I need more stuff on doubt because I'm writing a chapter on doubt. But this is not about me. This is about Jessica. So, <laughs> I want to know um, a little more about Jessica before we start in on the book. I know. <laughs> I'd like to know if, Jess, if you would rather... <laughs> Immediately throw up upon seeing your kids or immediately start sobbing whenever a car passed by. <laughs> sobbing, for sure. Yeah. For sure, really? <laughs> oh, for sure. Who wants to throw up everywhere all the time? <laughs> and, and let's be honest, there are times in the month where I do sob every time a car passes by. So I'm pretty much almost there. <laughs> Oh, Jess. <laughs> no, Lauren, you can't relate. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I'm an easy cry. I'll be honest about that. Are you really? That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you know what? I can tell you it it's, was supposed to come out in the middle of April. It's out now. Um, I could give you the name of the book. That yeah, might be good. That's, that's a good start. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so it's called Everyday Grace, Infusing All Your Relationships with the Love of Jesus. And what I did in the book is um, I took all the way God relates to us in human relationship and talked about the theology behind those. So, for instance, God is our father. How does that change our relationship with our children? Jesus calls us his friend. How does that change our friendships? God's on mission in our relationship with our communities. God is our husband in our marriages. Jesus is our brother and our relationships with our families. Jesus is our high priest and our relationships with our church members. Jesus is a carpenter and our relationship with our coworkers. And the Holy Spirit, our comforter, helper, and our relationships with difficult people. Um, so I took all those ways that God relates to us, that Jesus has related to us in human relationship terms, talked a lot about that 
and then talked very little about, okay, now here's what you do. So there's a lot of theology, because I think it's going to work out in, different in everybody's life, differently in everybody's lives. There's a lot of, okay, for instance, if Jesus calls me my friend, calls me his friend, which he does, John 17, then how does that change the way I am with other people? How does that change my friendships? Um, so the, and then you go on to like a list at the end of the chapter of 10 things <laughs> that you could do to be a better friend. Like, right. is, there like a, did, is there a relationship challenge somewhere uh, in the book? So did you, I don't know, there was a review that came out and yes, um, I read it. yeah, and the end of the review or like the middle of the review was like, well, Thompson does what she sets out to do, which is not give us any advice. <laughs> I really was hoping, I'm hoping for another book that tells us how to do these things. Yeah, a follow-up book. <laughs> that's not, that's probably not going to happen. Um, so what but, inspired you to write this book? Why this book? Um, that's a good question. Yes, it is. Got, <laughs> See, the chat nailed chat's all got this interview stuff, stuff down. <laughs> um. I guess I, I started out with just the Jesus is our friend and how does that change our friendships? That was kind of the the seed of this for me. And I saw just, I mean, and you know, we talk about this a lot, a lot, all of the proclamations over our lives, all of the declarations over our lives, what, what has been done for us, it all works out into how we relate to other people. And so as I, as I thought through the Jesus is our friend, um, actually saw that there was a lot more to that, that he relates to us, he talks to us in terms of relationship all throughout the Bible. It's amazing he condescends to us in that way. It's beautiful. So I guess as I thought about that, um, that's kind of where the book came out of, uh, yeah. was that initial Jesus is your friend, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. What I'd like to do now is read a little excerpt from your book, if I might. You may. Uh, this, is, uh, this is from Jessica's book. When wearing a dress or a skirt, always stand in the light and check if you slip. Even a lightly dress would be your silhouette. In other words, be see-through. Your best friend always wear a slip. And if you can't find a slip short enough for your skirt, chances are your skirt is too short. That's that. What, what were you thinking when you wrote that passage? Beautiful. Oh, Oh, we, you guys, it was so Chad, close, Chad. close. We were so serious for so long there. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> that is not from my book, people. No, it's from these other books you're working on. <laughs> That's right. It's good. Oh, how sadly, Chad not to stumble. Yeah, sadly, that is from a real book, though. That is from a real book, yes. <laughs> and that's sadly what a lot of people want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a question. Yes, Jeffrey. Um, You've written, this is your, you called yourself, you called this book a big girl book. Right. <laughs> um, what are the other books you, the first question is, can you remind us what other things you've written? Mm -hmm. um, first, go, go ahead there. Uh, so the first book was Give Them Grace. I co-authored that with my mom. And then I wrote, um, which is a parenting book. And then I wrote Exploring Grace Together, which is a devotional for families, kids and parents to go through. And then we wrote, uh, I co-authored a book with my mom again called Answering Your Kids' Toughest Questions. Who's your mom? Elise Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, 
yeah, then this is my first sort of, okay, not about parenting, not with my mom, sort of, it is my big girl. I, I want to call it my coming out party, but that night. It's quinceanera. I just had a quinceanera, actually, the other day. It was, and yes. it looked like one. Um, yeah, so this is kind of like my big girl book. The first one where I feel like this is all me. Uh, yeah, it's very a very vulnerable place to be. That's for sure. Right. Uh, I'm reading your one of your introductions, and uh, you. I mean, it seems like this book is not a parenting book, and not a book that has to do with children per se. But it seems to be um, dealing with the really humanness of life, which is relationships. Yeah. And it, it looks like. Um, you get more honest in this book. How has yeah. your vulnerability, um, how have you, how has this book more made, made you more vulnerable or your writing been more yeah. vulnerable? I mean, and like, like Kim was talking about earlier, we always think each one of us when we write, we're all wanting to be very honest about who we are and about our failings because um, it makes the fact that Jesus uses us more beautiful. So, yeah, I was very vulnerable. And honestly, I don't even want to go back and read it. <laughs> I don't want to remember um, what I'm telling people about myself. <laughs> um, but uh, my um, Eric Wolgamuth, this is going to sound sort of snooty. I don't mean it to be, but he's my agent. He helped me so much with this book and pushed me in a lot of ways, okay, that's a great story, but be more, you know, I don't think he would use the words be more vulnerable, but he would add like, let's do a little detail to that. What does this mean? Like I would try <laughs> to use the Christianese vagueness yeah. and um, he didn't really let me get away with that. So in the moment I was grateful. We'll see if people start coming up to me and talking about stories that I shared. <laughs> I remain <laughs> grateful. Um, yeah, it's hard to be vulnerable. Uh, because even though I say, oh, don't look at me, I don't want you to think I'm a relationships expert, you know, partially kind of in my heart, that's there too. You know, I want people to look at me and I want people to, I mean, I want to be that savior, uh, which is awful to admit and say out loud, but it's true. Can you edit that, Jeff? No. <laughs> um, I so think it's, it's important for you to say that as someone who just wrote a book on relationships. Like, yeah. because that in people's minds automatically, like I joke when I call you a relationship expert or relationship mm -hmm. guru, but really people look and they just put people in a place, like in a box, like, oh, you wrote a parenting book. You must be an amazing parent. Right. You wrote a book on motherhood. You must be such a fun mom. Mm -hmm. And no, I wrote it because I suck mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. need Jesus. And so I, I think that's so important that, um, that you're transparent about that because that mm -hmm. is, that's what we want to do for us. We, we almost want people to do that for us as much yeah. as we hate it. We know it's mm -hmm. wrong, but our flesh wants that. Right. And there were chapters that I wrote that I thought, oh, like I was very honest. Like I am awful in this area. I will say that. Then there were other chapters that I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not so bad. And those are the chapters that um, God has just wrecked me on. Um, <laughs> that book has come out. So, uh, yeah, it was it is good and it's hard and it's a death. Um, um, yeah. But I'm 
I'm grateful that we have a savior, that all the relationship that we're looking for, we have in him, that all the acceptance and love, I don't have to have all my relationships just exactly right and to look a certain way, that he, that one relationship is that way. And that's really my only hope. Do you feel like the book is something that you could pick up and say, okay, I'm really struggling with um, my family relationships right now mm -hmm. and turn to that chapter and kind of start there and just. Yeah, I do. By that? I mean, if, if that'll help it sell more copies, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that, um, you know, the, the beginning chapters as always are kind of a foundation builder. Um, but yeah, I do think you could just pick it up and read that chapter for sure. And what, what kind of feedback have you gotten so far? I know I read there was one review out on TGC. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's barely out. So yeah. besides the people that I love that I asked that, you know, I got it to endorse it, that would of course just say nice things. Um, I mean, I've heard from a couple people on Instagram today. I heard from somebody else. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's just in people's hands like today and tomorrow. Okay. So it's going to be the either, do I delete Twitter or do I scour my name for it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Syndrome. Yeah. Well, it looks like you have a lot of uh, real life in this. And so it, Appears that you have been influenced by a few TV shows. Could you? <laughs> Wait, what, what, is, what has that? been your most inspiring TV show to write this? Uh, my name is Earl. Yes. Do, you guys... <laughs> Do you guys know that, Lauren? You don't you know that show? Chapter one with that. Actually, you start chapter one with Janet Jackson. Which... <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Janet Jackson is her song. What have you done for me lately is the mantra of our relationships. Oh, um, that is right. just, it is, that is what I, how I live my relationships. Uh, that's how I live in my relationships. That's how others live with me. And, uh, so yeah, that's by Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? And then, um, I talk about my name is Earl because he talks about in the, opening monologue of that show, which I, I love that show. I mean, <laughs> I love it in all of its white trash grittiness. Um, but he talks about in that sh in the monologue about how he, uh, every time something good happened in his life, something bad would happen right after it. Mm -hmm. um, karma. Yeah. Oh yeah. He uses the word karma and how he decided that he was going to start he made a list of all the bad things that he's done in his life and he was going to go back and make them all right so that good things would start happening to him again. Oh, wow. And that's kind of what we do in relationship and it's kind of how we live our lives with God. Okay. I did this bad today. I'm going to do this right tomorrow. And, um, yeah. So my name is Earl slash Janet Jackson, I think is the religion <laughs> of the world slash Christianity. <laughs> now, um, Lauren, were you raising your hand for? <laughs> raising my hand. You, you're just supposed to start talking. And it interrupt. stresses me out. It stresses Podcasting me out. means interrupting each other Please, constantly. It stresses me out so much I can't even tell you. Are That's you funny. serious? You hate I people hate, to interrupt. Oh, I. I it, it is not even funny. It's like I should just be living in a cave without anyone else around me. Speaking of relationships. Yeah, exactly. Because I honestly like I. 
I have stopped talking in the middle of a conversation. If I have gotten too much overlap from other people, I will just stop talking yeah. and I will not pick up because I just can't handle it. It stresses me out. So I'm raising my hands. Okay. I'm true to myself. <laughs> okay. okay. Yes, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you, teacher Kim. <laughs> okay. No, here's something interesting that I find out, I find about relationships is that so often, and Jess, this is directed at you. So often we, um, and I'm sure you address this. I could only imagine that you would address this. Um, couldn't imagine that you wouldn't because it's so central, it seems to me, but like we, we define ourselves by our relationships. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not Lauren, right? I'm a mom, I'm Quinn's mom, I'm Daniel's wife, I'm, you know, doctor teaches, doctoral student, <laughs> I'm defined by all these relationships and I find myself just, um, I want to say not beyond trifurcated, like I'm just, I'm pulled in like all these different mm -hmm. directions and so there's, I don't, I, because I can't do one relationship fully 100%, right. I almost lose my identity. And so I would imagine that where your book will probably be a, a, a breath of fresh air is that when we start to realize that we have one identity and it is in right. Christ Jesus, then then we, that's our that's our ground. That's we start on. Like I am a justified sinner saved by grace by faith in Christ, and that's my that's my rock. That's what I stand on. That's my identity. I'm Lauren. I'm a Christian. I'm a sister of Christ, a daughter of God yes. through Christ, like all that. And then from there, the stuff sort of pours out. But I just find it interesting because I bring that up because I got a comment recently in a texting exchange with someone that they wanted something from me that was more mommy Lauren and not so theologian Lauren. And I was sort of offended because <laughs> yeah. like I, the way I look at things now from a relationship point of view is that I'm whole and I these all these start to all these relationships sort of fold in on each other and every time yes. a new relationship is added on it doesn't change my identity I'm still Lauren but it, it there's a new facet like almost like looking at a, a, a diamond or something like that like, oh there's this other aspect so anyway I don't know I mean I'm, I'm yeah. guessing you deal with that and talk absolutely about right so in every single one of those relationships that we talk about there's one central thing um, and it's what you said Lauren it's that we're his um, and that in and of itself, that truth in and of itself is our only identity and it changes all other relationships. So when I start to look to my husband to build my identity, I will end up being demanding, not end up, I am, demanding, unkind, impatient, um, because I'm looking for something from him to build my relationship, to tell me I'm a good wife, to tell me I'm beautiful, to tell me I'm loved. I'm looking to him to do something that Christ has already done for me. So when I come to reality, the reality that all I have, all I need, I have in him, that my ultimate identity is a daughter of his, uh, the bride of Christ, um, Jesus friend, uh, Jesus brother, all of those things. Um, when I, when I'm there, then I'm able to be the wife. I'm able, it gives me more motivation to love him in the middle of his mess ups. It, it helps me to be patient with my children. Uh, not perfectly, obviously, I have to um, keep asking for forgiveness and keep going back to my primary identity, my, my one true identity. But yes, that is the most important thing. The relationship he's initiated with us is what defines everything else. Mm. Interesting.
All right. Well, where where can we find your book, Jess? It's on Amazon, right? It is. Yeah. Go to Amazon. Get my Amazon ranking up. I mean, I never check that, but I hear never. from other people who do. <laughs> so, yeah, Amazon is a great place to get it. Okay, go to Amazon. Get Jess's book, um, Everyday Grace, right? <laughs> I've got it right. Good. Okay. That's important. Um, and when when's the official release date? Or it's... Cool. I think it's out. The official release date isn't till April 21st, but I, I, it is on Amazon now. It's being shipped. I'm, I'm hearing oh, from people that they're okay. getting it. So no longer pre-orders, but right, yeah. right. releases are funny like that. They just kind of leak for a little bit. I know. It's a I weird mean, thing. Build up to this big release date, and then it hap It's already happened. It's, it's, it's probably yeah. a good thing though, right? <laughs> you know, oh, just kind yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So. Go buy Jess's book. I'm sure it's amazing. I can't wait to read it. And um, follow us on, or you can follow Jess even, at, at the Jess Lou on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, follow Dropping Keys at Dropping Keys underscore. Um, follow us on Facebook at Dropping Keys. Follow us on Instagram at Dropping Keys 5. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, email us through the website because I don't remember the email address again. And um, and we want to know something. We want to know from those of you on Twitter, would you rather, <laughs> during a bout with a strange virus, repeatedly vomit quarters or gummy bears? So tweet us at dropping keys underscore hashtag would you rather and let us know your answer because we are incredibly, incredibly interested in that. Quarters for sure. You would rather Quarters come out quarters? way faster. Yeah. Then you can take it and spend it. That's all right. As the person who had an eating disorder, I will tell you it would be way easier for the gummy bears to come up. <laughs> Lauren is our eating disorder expert. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. So with that said, um, we're going to close this out here, and we will catch you guys next time. Grace out. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs>